Hey guys, brand new podcast. Not much of an intro here because I'm fucking hungover as shit because I drank all day on a plane. And now I'm in uh, Calgary. 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 And we're at Stampede, podcast to follow. Ari's in the shower. Tour dates. I know that I'm in Hartford coming up, and I know that I'm in Montreal. That's it. All right. This podcast got cut off at the very end. So, uh... You'll hear a joke about Ian Bag, and with no punchline. He gets in the uh, Ari in the shower. Well, that was Ian. Can you hear how loud? Can you hear Ari in the shower? It's so fucking loud. That's Ari in the shower. I don't know if you can hear it. All right. Uh, today's guest. I've had him on the podcast before. He's absolutely fantastic. Lives out in Minnesota. He is. Going through a divorce, and we talk about that at the very beginning, and it kind of carries its way throughout it, and uh, and we talk about the road, we go into just road stories. It's a great podcast. And then we ended up doing Doug Loves Movies right after that. It's my triumphant Doug Loves Movies. You can find it on iTunes right now. I ended up winning, motherfuckers. So, ladies and gentlemen, Chad Daniels. Oh, I just ripped one. This is Cast. You put on 20 pounds, but I, no, not you. Oh, 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 I thought you said me. No, no, no. I'm saying like. I'm going through this fucking battle. No, you're saying you you were saying you uh, want to go through this transformation. I'm saying the problem is you gain 20 pounds even though you get a tattoo on your arm. Yeah, but I don't, man. Like how like how long did you? Are you cool to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, we don't have to go into detail, but. But how long, I mean, this is from the other side of the fence. Like, how long did you do the road, stay faithful, and we're always, and like, you'd see hot chicks, like, you're so fucking funny, why don't you come party with us? And you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. well, a couple things. Uh, a long time, 14-ish years. Yeah. Probably on the on the 15-year side of 14 years. And then, um, here's here's a little lesson. Don't ever bring that theory up. You're like, yeah, well, I could have been fucking everybody for the last 14. That's not a good argument. Dude, I bring that up to my wife all the time. It's not a great argument as you're walking out the door. That's a bad move. <sighs> really? Yeah. Yeah, I got real. <laughs> so I'm actually, listen to this. I'm moving. I, was, I moved all day yesterday. Where are you moving to? Uh, just a new place. Okay. Same town. My daughter's only in, she's going to be in seventh grade. Yeah. So I'm going to stay till she's done at least. Um. Moving to a new place, <clears throat> I gave myself till July 4th to just get drunk and eat like shit, do whatever. Yeah. So July 5th, I go run to the gym, lift weights, run home, and then I have this golf match I'm supposed to be in. There's a, like a season-long tournament at this golf course that I'm a member of. Yeah. And uh, hurt my, I like bend over to get the ball. <laughs> my back seizes up, but I don't, I have a partner who also paid to get into this thing, so I can't just quit. Yeah. So for 13 holes, I am swinging with just, like, releasing the club with one hand, just a shit back. Oh. And then I woke up the next day, couldn't move, went to the chiropractor. I have a back brace back at the hotel. Really? Yeah, it's nasty. Shut up. Yeah, I'm just uh, out of shape, but I do have this sweet-ass tattoo. 
When you get, so you get the tattoo in September? Yeah. Is it kind of like a transformation thing? Like you were like, you know what? Fuck it. No, I think I've just always wanted one. And it was a badass tattoo. You don't have to ask permission I like the place. I like the placement of it. Oh, thanks. Like like I was talking to someone yesterday and I was like, I don't know if I got it. Or today. I was like, you know Jay Snyder? Hmm? I was having lunch with Jay and he was like, uh, and I, was, I saw these tattoos on this guy and I was like, oh, I almost got struck by lightning the other day. Is that so, real? For real. Yeah, dead oh. serious. And... Uh, I wish it was more epiphanous. Like, I wish that I could say, like, I almost got struck by lightning, and ever since then, I've... It just got... I'm just really scared of lightning now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I was like... I was, immediately, I was like, I should get a lightning tattoo. <laughs> I think Attell has a great bit about that, about uh, some guy, like, he got struck by lightning, and he doesn't have superpowers, or he can't read the future. He just shakes real bad and shits his pants or something. Every day, yeah. Uh, the uh the but i thought to myself i was like i was like ah, i should look at life differently i kept looking for it i kept thinking of like now that i've not now that i'm alive sure how am i going to do this but then today i had a fucking burger with an egg fried egg on it <laughs> i didn't i ate really good yesterday and but i woke up oh, fucking hung over yeah. so wait how so were you just were you on the road at all uh when like up until the partying on the July 5th? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was... Really? Yeah. Like, I, mean, I mean, I'm talking about from birth to this July 5th. Oh, I'll, t- I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. I'd be like, if my wife and I split split up, I'd be like, uh, put me in Dayton real quick. Uh, put me in Hartford. There's a little... There's some chicks I always thought I could fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Tempe. I want to go to Tempe. Okay, here's my routing. I want to go to Tempe. <laughs> fuck Toledo. <laughs> I'm canceling my fucking New York gigs. And get me on Delta Flight 7543 because that, <laughs> that flight attendant was looking fucking sweet. Oh, that's fucking great. That's, uh, it's got to be interesting. How are the kids? Are the kids good, good Kid, about it? Kids are good, yeah. It's, uh, you know, we were packing up and stuff like that, and it's a little weird and kind of strange to, you know, kids are asking questions, but it's, it's good. It's going to be, it'll be just a, I mean, I always think like, I think if I fucking if my wife left me or if I I, w- I wouldn't leave my wife I'd kill her first I wouldn't <laughs> but like I my kids would probably just be like dad's on the road a lot we see him just sure. as much that's actually what my kid said like I called you know called the kids to the table and I was like here's what's going on you know was it mutual you still have two um not really well, you or her uh, me really yeah just well me then I don't know me then her then she got real mad and then her I. I it's uh, well, I'm I gonna call it mutual. Mutual, yeah. And so the kids, you had to have that talk with the kids. Were your parents divorced or together? Yeah, yeah my parents were divorced. Really? Hers, hers together. Oh, yeah. My parent, my wife's parents were divorced. But her mom's been married like seven times. That's a lot. And her dad's been married like three. But my wife's one. I think I, I don't know. I mean, if we're talking fucking honestly, I don't know if my wife. I don't know how interested she is in me. Like, I think I drive her fucking nuts. I'm not even like, like this weekend we were at the beach, our whole family. And I, I just wanted to have sex. I wanted to have sex like the entire time. I wanted to go in the water and have sex in the, yeah. in the water. And she was like, I don't, I don't want to fucking do that. And I was like, I, I said something shitty. I go, I wish I knew you when you were young. And she was like, what? And I was like, I wish I knew you were young. You were like fucking crazy and wild. Now I got, I got the old lady who doesn't want to have fucking sex in the, in the ocean. And she got pissed. Then she got drunk. The next day, and was like, being married to you is like being married to a child. She goes, you're like a child. 
And she kept saying it over and over again until it started hurting. And I was like, oh, I was like, I was like, I know, but like, I go, but it's fun. And, I, and she goes, no, it's fun. And then we started like talking about what our next husbands and wives would be like. She was like, oh, you'd marry Jesus. a fucking moron. And I was like, yeah, you're right. A whore moron. A fucking... A whoron. A whoron. A handjob-giving moron. Just wake me up. Just gog, gog, gog. And I was like... And I go, you'd be more, marry someone boring as shit. She was like, I definitely would marry another comedian. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like your wife figured out how to make lightning. Yeah. <laughs> and she just threw it at you the other day. She's so like, crazy. watch this, you piece of shit. What's crazy about it is I thought to myself... After that, I thought, just all the, like, I don't know, I think comics have this ability, but, like, the practicalities of what would have happened if I had gotten struck by lightning, like, there were people around, so they would have seen it, but I would have, like, like, I was like, I, I probably would have definitely died because I have high blood pressure to begin with, so I'm sure that wouldn't help, and then I was like, what a fucking way to go out, like, how would you explain that to your kids, and then the next day I went running on the beach again. And I get to the end of Clearwater Beach. It's called Caladesi Island. It's like a little natural preserve. I get to the end. I turn around. There's another fucking thunderstorm, but I have to take a shit. And I thought, <laughs> oh, my God. If I get struck by lightning, I will shit my pants. Definitely. <laughs> and I will be stuck out here in the middle of nowhere. No one will find me forever. I'll get sunburnt as fuck. Like, cause I'll just be laying on the beach. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. And I started thinking, the tide's going to come in. Run. Do not be running like by the water because if the tide comes in i get struck by lightning tide comes in and i drowned yeah and i was like i was all this fucking practicalities of it you had to figure out a route home oh oh my god i ran on i ended up running inland inland through carlowell and and this is only interesting to anyone who lives on clearwater island but and then back but whatever so so did any part of you want to move to la or like move to? Or do you still? No, I mean my first instinct is, is stay, kids stay with the kids. Yep, that's uh, good. You know, I, I've had that thought while married. I was like, "What the fuck are we doing here?" Yeah, kind of a thing. You know, like um, there are things said in anger when you split, and so a couple of things she said that I'm not going to repeat. But I was just like, my first thought was, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like I'm a comedian that moved to northern Minnesota. Yeah. So if we could not say that I didn't do anything, that would be great. You, you, because you, because you, you're the prototype of the dad I'd like to be. Like you're the you fucking do real shit with your kids. Like I have a hard time with that. I, I'm being dead serious. Like I can play with my kids and I can fuck around with my kids and I can do stuff. Like I have a joke that I was just listening to, listening to when you walked in that I told last night about. This is going to sound very. By the way, anyone listening to this, I know I love my wife. It's going to sound really shitty, but like we went, we went uh, zip lining and I just was like, I just looked at my family and I was like, this is my fucking SEAL Team 6. Like, <laughs> and I, I just was like, and I, it, the joke is kind of shitty, but it's just like, I mean, it's just, it's like you compare yourself to other fucking people. I never thought when I got married that I was like, I just thought when I was like, I was picking someone to have sex with. I didn't know I was picking a actual fucking business partner oh yeah that's the craziest that's thing. what it shakes down to man it is it is a lot of times business partner to raise kids like roommate and a, business partner a, a roommate who you raise kid like it's all the dating process is so ridiculous because none of that shit you do when you get married right yeah like, you should there should just be an interview 
yeah. it shouldn't be dating because you're like, remember when you used to fuck in the ocean? Yeah. And now you yell at me and call me a child when I. Yeah, exactly. We, I mean, we had sex in a in a car when we first started dating. I slammed my thumb in the door, and we finished. And we were like, we were like, <laughs> and my thumb's bleeding, and I had to fucking take a hot pin and poke it sure. through. But it was like sexy and fucking outrageous. And that does not. I mean, it happens, you know, occasionally. But not like the way it did when we first started dating. The reason sure. you make these decisions. And then, thank God. I mean, I, I say this wholeheartedly. Thank God she's got qualities I never knew that she had. Sure. Like, I fucking, like, when my kids do something shitty, I'll kind of, like, I'll call them on it. Like, my daughter's got really smelly feet. Like, fucking bad. Like, <laughs> I mean, not even, like, I can't, I can't, I can't tell you how bad. <laughs> And she takes her shoes off immediately when she gets in the car. And they fucking reek. And I'm not the kind of dad that's like, honey. I'm like, what the fuck? I go, that's disgusting, Isla. Put your shoes back on. That's gross. My <laughs> wife does this thing where she will take the girl's flaws and turn it into and own it. And so she won't let them feel bad about themselves. And I noticed it one day. I go, she's like, those are my swampers. They're talking about Isla's feet. And I was fucking telling Isla, like, no, we're going to take you outside and wash your feet. They smell that bad. And Isla looked at me really curious. Goes, Mom likes it. And I was like, Oh, this fucking idiot thinks my wife really likes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, they do. But yeah, but like, I that's the interesting thing. Do you think you'd ever get married again? I don't. I mean, I'm so far away from even thinking about that. Yeah, that I I don't know. I do know this. Let me play devil's advocate for your wife. Okay, I'll I'll be the wife representative here. You're dating her, having fun, fucking in the car, your thumb's bleeding, right? <laughs> then you you get married, you have kids, you're on the road, you become more successful. So now, so before when you were gone and you'd come home, she would just be fucking hot and horny ready for you. Yeah. But now when you're gone, she's taking care of so much shit, the last thing she wants to do is fuck in the water when you get back. Yeah, but why? It's, I think it's exhaustion. Or, or I also have this theory. I think there is resentment that they won't admit to. I think it's like, you get to go do all this fun shit. I'm home with these goddamn kids. Pussy closed for the winter. It, it, I, I sometimes sense that. I go, like, she never said it. But, like, I, I'm a bad example, too, because I've for the last six years straight, I've done nothing but stand-up and vacation. Because I do the Travel Channel. Yeah. So I've been going on the greatest vacations in the world for six years straight right. and doing stand-up and just have and having a podcast and like all the fun shit you want to do living my dream that's a big one <laughs> i never thought yeah. about that like i'm following my dream and she's she's and she, she's pretending she likes stinky feet <laughs> she's at home going no it's fine <laughs> 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 She gets those sticky feet every day. Uh, yeah. I get them two days a week. Right. Fuck. <laughs> God damn Nobody it. has feet like this in Aruba, god damn it. <laughs> I am so tired of coming home to this shit. <laughs> and your wife just has... Oh, God. Oh. That's great. I always think, like, I have, like, uh, I have, like, fantasy lives. Like, we're, like, parallel universes. Where I think, had I made one different change, what would have happened? Sure. I always think like one of them is I'd love to, I'd love a parallel life 
marry a Swedish chick, live up in fucking Montana, and brew, uh, brew micro craft micro craft root beers. I love. <laughs> That is so specific. I love root beer, man. I love I love root beer. Like I'm not even fucking around. I it's so funny because I don't I can't justify drinking root beer because of the calories. Sure, but I can totally justify drinking fucking seven beers at night. Yep, it's so bizarre. And then I tried that. Have you had that alcoholic root beer they make? Uh uh-uh. uh My the dad, not your dad's yeah, root beer sure. or something. Yeah. Fucking shitty. So bad. Unless I want to be a sponsor, then I love it. I used to uh, I used to drink beer. I didn't like beer, so I would dump root beer schnapps in it, and it tasted just like just like root beer. I'll be trying that today. Sure, you will. Are you drinking tonight? I don't know. I don't probably not. Really? Which is weird because this is if there's a night to do it, it's yeah. absolutely. Tonight. Are you gonna do? Are you gonna do any guests? That's on my show. Probably. I don't think so. Okay. You're more than welcome to if you want to. Okay. Maybe. Um, but yeah, I uh, have you done this club yet? Hmm. Yeah, I was just here. Oh, really? Yeah, at the end of May. Oh, nice. Yeah, end of May, yep. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. You were just here. Yep. Yeah, it's a big fucking club. It's huge. It's tough to... I mean, it's so interesting. I loved the old club so much. The old club is so user-friendly. Yeah, it's, it's a little... It was a little more intimate. This is pretty theater-esque. Yeah. I can't tell... Like, I, these big clubs, I can't tell how many people are laughing. Like, in those small clubs... Oh, sure. You, you could tell how... You could tell... And that everyone was on top of you. It was like, yep. it was like it was in your hat. And then these clubs, it's like they kind of float up to the ceiling a little bit. Yeah, and the people up top, I'm like, all I think about is I need to wear a hat because I'm bald. Because all they see is me bald. <laughs> like then their reference of the show is fucking totally different. <laughs> Are you on the road a lot coming up? Yeah, I go. Uh, so I have this, then I go home till Wednesday in St. Louis, and then I'm D- helium. Nope, I play the funny bone there still. Westport. Okay, where's yep trying to think I, I don't think i've ever done that club yeah i've done that one for years and years and then i go to uh, punchline in san francisco oh great my daughter's coming with me for that really how yeah. old your daughter she's 12 mine's 12 yeah oh look at that. we should do a we should do a co-headlining thing where we bring our kids that would be fantastic actually. we'll go out we'll do a, we'll do a date we'll bring our kids and we'll do it somewhere fun yep and we'll just we'll both bring our 12 year olds and we'll just bring our 12 year olds okay and they can hang out <laughs> that would be great yeah, that would be fucking great. Do your kids? Are you letting your kids on Snapchat yet? Yep. Yeah, they're on there, and they're the only. Actually, the only. T- I'm on Snapchat, and there's those two, and uh, just very few others. Really? Uh, yeah, I have maybe like five friends on there. Oh, I, uh, I had a I had a Snapchat account originally a long time ago when it was just dick pics, mm-hmm. and my name was Romeo Horsecock. <laughs> An old joke I had, and uh, my daughter came out of school. I was like, Dad, are you on Snapchat? I was like, yeah, I think I am. She's like, yeah, I think some of the kids found you. I was like, really? She's like, is your name oh. Romeo Horsecock? And I went, it is. She was like, why? <laughs> I was like, well, I was like, back when Snapchat, because <laughs> I, I couldn't even justify it. Right. Like, now it sounds like I used to send pictures <laughs> of my dick to people. Although I did send a picture of my dick to a friend one time. Most, the most tasteful one I've ever done. It was a shadow of my dick. Like, a Peter Pan dick? Yep. It was my Peter Pan dick. It was so fucking good. Have you ever done Doug Loves Movies before? Yeah. I've done it a couple times. I'm fucking really bad at the gameplay. I'm really bad at getting his fans to think I'm funny because I was in Minneapolis, right? That's my wheelhouse. Yeah. And I made what I thought were some pretty good points and some pretty funny 
lines. Yeah. And they just fucking sat there. So then I got out of my seat and just yelled at them for like four minutes. <laughs> I mean, I did. I didn't know what else to do. Oh. I was sick of sitting there. Because at one point, Jacob Siroff was on there with me. I said something. The crowd didn't laugh. Then he explained what I had said, and they all started laughing. And I was like, you motherfuckers. Oh, I've had that. I've fallen apart. I've fallen apart twice epically on the show. One time, it was me, Pete Holmes, TJ, and some other kid. And I said something. Maybe whoever it was, their sh- whoever else was on the show, I forget. Their show had gotten moved to FXX. Okay. I said, that's not that bad. I go, it's almost like fucking a fat chick. Like, you know she's not going to leave. <laughs> And like, cause it's like, I, I was like the, and Doug and Pete both were like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't say fat chick. And I was like, no, I can, I can say fat chick. And like, you can't say fucking a fat chick. And I go, I still fuck a fat chick. <laughs> and then they all groan. And I go, guys, I'm joking. It's my wife, but she's had two kids. It's a joke. And then they still groan. And then Pete, Pete Holmes goes, Bert, maybe if you softened it, it just sounds aggressive. Like you, if you said, you know, the good thing about having se- uh, sex with a with a girl with a little more milk in her shake is the breakfasts in the morning. And I went, Pete, clearly you've never fucked a fat chick. You don't <laughs> stick around for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking groans. Yeah. And I'm like, and I and I'm it's at, U- at UCB, and it just did not go over well. And then th- uh, you will. I don't know if you know about the one I just did. That was fucking nope. <laughs> You'll hear about it tonight, I'm sure. I think if people would stop twisting their mustaches long enough to actually hear a fucking full sentence and yeah. not jump on and groan at the first... Oh, no, no, no. This last one it, uh, might oh, be me. You had it coming? <laughs> I got... Uh, I mean, off the record, Doug and I did a podcast about it because it was that bad. Like, I came in, I was fucking uh, just off a plane, a little buzzed. I thought it would be funny to buy 200 cheeseburgers and walk in with 200 cheeseburgers. <laughs> Doug did not find it funny. <laughs> he, like, st- stormed off stage, and then I thought it was fucking still funny. It was good. Is there funny parts to it? And then I go to get him, and he's, like, fucking livid, like, livid. And then I'm like, maybe I should leave. And then he goes back on stage, and then I think it would be a good idea to take my shirt off and walk through the showroom. So I do that, and then he fucking loses it. And then he's like... And then at one point, it's just him, and it's just bad. It was like it was so bad that he made people pay to listen to it because he's like, I can't release this for free. It will fuck up our careers. <laughs> so he put it up on a, behind a paywall, so it's like $2 to download. <laughs> he's like, people need to hear it because it's fucking fascinating. But it's he's like, I don't want it to, to be out there for free. People should pay for it. So Wow. Oh, it was, it was like... Like, I still haven't spoken to Jeff Tate about it. Like, Jeff, because Jeff Tate was on the show, and I've known Jeff for a really long time, and I think a lot of our past came up on stage, and uh, what, whatever is, is like, fucking. I, it was like a shitstorm month, because one of, my, one of my best friends is Tom Segura, and he decided to fucking, just as a lark, to do this fucking... I don't even know where it fucking started, but this like start saying how fat I was. Yep, I and saw it on Twitter. It's fucking everywhere. I mean, it's like it's like it's 
was trending behind fucking fat shaming behind Kesha and Amy Schumer is I'm the third fattest celebrity. I'm not even a fucking celebrity compared to these two, but that's how many much people are talking about it. And now Tom's coming out with a shirt. Like we're both putting out shirts because he wants to people to pick teams. I'm like fucking like he did one on news in Ohio. Like it's just I've never and they're not even saying my name right. They're saying Burnt Chrysler or Bart Chrysler. <laughs> So it's like a, it's it's insult to injury. I mean, they yeah. fucking hijacked Gerard Depardieu's Wikipedia page and said that he had a striking resemblance to big fat comedian Burnt Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a long month, huh? Oh, and yeah. I mean, and then all that happened. I I called Tom after the Doug thing. I was like, "Hey, we need to talk," and he was like, "I texted him. I said I need to talk to you," and he called. And he was like, "I am so sorry," and I'm like, "For what?" And he's like, maybe you don't know yet. He's like, it's, oh. gotten, it's gotten out of control. And I, I was like, what? And he's like, do not go on your Twitter. It's, oh, Jesus. It was like, and so, and fucking Segura is like a fucking suicide bomber. He doesn't give a shit. Right. He's almost like a troll. Like, he does not care. Mm. You can't affect him. I wish I had that. Like, do you ever look at people? I'm going through this in therapy, so I'll put it on you. But, do, like, do you have problems with self-esteem at all? I, I have in the past, sure. Do you feel like? Like, I have a problem, like, feeling like I deserve to make a lot of money. Like, I make good money. But, like, like if a, if a club fucks me over, I, I say this to you because I think me and you come from the same cut of cloth in this business. Mm-hmm. Where, like, we really kind of started more on the road than anything. Yep. I've, I've always been club friendly. Like, I always want the clubs to do well when I go there. Of course. I want the waitress staff to make money. I've never burnt a bridge with a club. I've never been like, I'll never fucking play in this club again. There's clubs that suck dick that I still go to because mm-hmm. I go, you know what? They're nice enough to have me. Yeah, they gave you a crack. Yeah. Early on. Yep. I, I agree. I, I remember Amy Schumer. I'm not, not shitting on Amy. I love her. But Amy Schumer, one time I was at my house, we were having dinner, and she was like, got a call. And it was an offer to feature for someone, and it was $1,500 to feature. And the person was a celebrity, and she's like, uh, I'm not doing it for that much. I, tell them tell two grand or nothing. And I was like, it's 500 bucks. In my head, I'm like, I fucking... And it was someone I really liked their stand-up, and I was like, the fuck? How does yeah. she have this self-esteem? Yeah. Like, like, Tom's like that. Like, he's like, fuck that. I won't do that club ever again. And I'm like... What? Like, yeah, I don't really have that either. I mean, I, I like to get it straightened out before I go back. Yeah, of course. But I don't know. I mean, I never really. I never. When I was a kid, laughing at records, I never thought to myself, "Oh, can't wait to make a shit ton of money doing this." Yeah. I just wanted to do it, you know, and not to get weird or whatever. But I made a deal with myself, and Tommy Johnigan has the same deal, where we're like, if we ever are hurting stand up, we're done. Because we don't, we like it so much. Yeah. We don't want to hurt it. There have been times I've gotten, I've listened to the show, the same show, three different times, wondering if that was the one that ended my career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I better listen to this one more time before I completely quit. <laughs> yeah, it's been brutal sometimes, but really, but yeah, yeah I mean, <clears throat> you're right about Segura. We went to uh, Hong Kong, him and Pete Lee and I, and uh, he went up the last show of the week. And he opened with my opener and then Pete Lee's opener. <laughs> and Pete was like losing his fucking mind over this thing. Maybe I told you this already. I no, don't know. no, no. 
But Pete was losing his mind, and I couldn't stop laughing. I was yeah. laughing so hard because we were all wearing suits that we had got made in Hong Kong, and this was in Macau. And so he goes up to Two Live's crew, uh, Two Live Crew's, "Hey, I want some pussy," and he's just like, "You know, he's a little stockier fella." Tom, yeah, he's obese, shaved, <laughs> shaved head with a beard, and he's like shuffling up, doing this like little chubby guy dance. It was great, <laughs> and and he had his like he had his court shoes on it was just it was wonderful to watch yeah i already knew that i was going to eat shit because when i put on a suit i look like someone who wants is going to try to steal your money at dinner yeah like no invest with me i have this weird fucking cruella Deville white gray streak in my hair that makes me just look like the biggest chode of all time so i put a suit on i know i'm going to eat shit which i did totally fine with that yeah but pete was hot about this so he went up there and he goes just so you guys know, Tom took our opening jokes, and Tom was in the back just like a pig in shit, man. He loved he it. Loves it. Yeah, he's he. They we did a we did a gig in Hawaii. Me, him, and Russell Peters. And one of my favorite things in the world is when Segura starts laughing uncontrollably. Yeah, that's the only thing that's been enjoyable about this whole fat shaming campaign <laughs> is his phone calls. Like. <laughs> He He's sounds like that. Snidely uh, dude. Right? What's it? I was going to say uh, Cletus from Dukes of Hazard. He what? almost sounds like it's going to end with. Yeah. <laughs> and he uh, he goes up. I go up. They go, they're like, you need to be clean. And I go up. I, these are the rules. You need to be clean. Don't make fun of the Hawaiians. That's it. You need mm. to be clean. Don't make fun of the Hawaiians. Don't make fun of Hawaii. We're visitors here. Always remember that. I do my set. It's not that it's not not that dirty, but it's not clean. <laughs> it's not clean. Like I didn't realize it, but like little words, like sure. like I was having sex with you know, like I don't know. And Segura's opening joke was, "Man, Hawaiians are fat," <laughs> and I'm like, "What the fuck?" And he goes, "I mean, I heard island life was slow. I didn't know they were talking about their metabolisms." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking comes off stage, they're livid, and all of a sudden. Russell Peters goes up and it's silent and Tom starts falling apart laughing. He goes, Oh shit. He's Brown. We're at, cause we're at war with him. He's like, he's Brown. And he's just doubling over. He's Brown. He's Brown. And like we had gone, we had gone, uh, shooting with like the people and they were, they had this target thing where like the, you, it was mock, uh, where you're in the desert and you see things coming at you. Okay. And the one thing, and the first thing Russell Peters and his girlfriend decided not to go, and uh, the first thing the guy says is, "There's only one rule: if it's brown and it moves, you shoot it." And, and Holy the shit! The girl's like, "I'm so glad we didn't bring Russell." Oh and then when he got on stage, he goes, "Oh, he's brown. <laughs> he's if it's brown and it moves, he shoot it. That's all they've been taught, and he's brown." <laughs> and I was just fucking dying laughing next to him. But yeah, he's got like he really doesn't give a fuck. Like really doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Like he did. This girl, he was talking on news somewhere, and some girl said, uh, so you got a baby? And he goes, yeah, but it's not as cute as Asian babies. They're the cutest. And she goes, she goes, oh, or interracial babies. And Tom goes, no, nah, I like mine pure. <laughs> like, it's all, like, I, if I said that, I would be like, oh, my God, Travel Channel's going to see that. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, that's the way my brain works now. But I think, like, it's. It's like the way a comic should think is that fucking, I don't really give a fuck. Sure. Well, if he loses everything, he just goes back to where he started. I mean, his gross fucking Mexican mom or whatever she is and <laughs> stupid dad who lies about everything. I mean, he's been to rock bottom. He was born there. So. Yeah, yeah. 
if he loses everything, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> what uh? Well, hey, how did that? How did that special? You had to just put a special out on Hulu, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, I had filmed it before, and then Hulu wanted it for their uh, their station. So, have you seen a big difference? Yeah, it did. It did well. That's great. Yeah, that's really crazy the way things have changed so much. You know, like I don't like I've always been saying when I started, it was like get on TV, then get on the road. Right. And now it just seems like oh, get on the road, do a podcast, stay on the road. Yeah, for me it was get on the road, make sure you have an act. So when you're on TV and people come see you, it's not that same four minutes. Yeah. So that's that's what I was taught. That's the owner of uh, Acme Comedy Company, Lewis Lee. I don't think that's, he ever liked me. That's what he always told us. I don't, you've been there. I do have it with Jameson. I don't think he... Well, I, don't I remember your picture was fucking everywhere when I was there. Everywhere. I was probably there the week before and stapled them everywhere. I think you had just been there. Oh, but funny. like I remember Steve Byrne and I... All anyone said was how funny you were. Like, we'd come off stage and they go, oh, my God, have you ever seen Chad Daniels? And you, we were like, <laughs> the wait staff was saying this. And we're like, no. And they're like, you need to see him. And we were like, hold on. We he's, were not, ju- he's not here. Like, we just got <laughs> off stage. What the fuck is this? They had that wall where you could write all your names. Yep. Do you remember that? Yep. Do they still have that? Is that club going to stay? I don't know what they're going to do. Um, kind of up in the air still, but there was a, <clears throat> there's developers across the street, so they're losing a parking lot, and without the parking spaces, no one will go. So um, they just had a city council meeting, and they said it's a go on developing, so they're trying to find extra parking spaces, but I don't know if they will. So Fuck. That's a yeah. great club. Yeah, it's nasty. I mean, it's just got that fucking flavor. You think about those wooden pillars down in the middle of the showroom. I love How that. many laughs have been soaked up into those things? Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a bummer if they have to move it. You want to know what I was thinking of doing? This is crazy. So I did, just did a special with Showtime, and they're like, okay, sky's the limit, no budget, what would you do? And I was like, no budget, what would I do? Uh, no questions asked. I would go, and I would rent out the restaurant that now is where the laugh stop was in Houston. I would recreate the laugh stop, wow. and I'd do a special there. And, like, I'd for one night or for, like, a week, rent it out for a week, build up a set very easy of the of what it looked like and shoot it there. And I was like, oh, that fucking club. Did you ever do that club? Nope. <sighs> that was the best club. I've, uh, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I did. Laugh Stop, Laugh Spot. I think I did. Laugh, laugh Stop. Laugh Stop was probably when you did it, Pete Pirelli owned it. I think I, I, think I did it one time before yeah. it closed. It was great because the stage... The stage was was had like seats all around. It was like a strip club stage, so like mm-hmm. everyone sat with their drinks on the stage, like on the table of the stage, and then and then the next level right behind it was like up, and it just crescendo. But you had that one back corner. Like I love when clubs are like. I mean, I'm not shitting on what the Funny Bones are doing. I love that. I love that you can you can make this much money. Sure. That if if you sell out, that you make, for then in, you can do Friday and Saturday. And theoretically, move like twelve hundred tickets in two. You know that's insane, right? I mean, I, but but I mean, like, what were your what are your favorite clubs in the country? Like, we're like <clears throat> go through. Even you can go back if you want. I'm gonna go, of course, Acme. Yeah. Um, here I liked 
uh, I still do like, but before I had a relationship with the staff and it didn't turn over for about five straight years. It was like, Oh, oh this staff. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh Columbus. yeah. 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 So, so, I mean, they brought me to a Michigan-Ohio State game, and they were all – I mean, and then they stayed. So they all got big – graduated, got big boy and big girl jobs, and then they came – they still worked at night there. Yeah. So for five years, this was like a second home to me. Um, I like Zanies in Chicago for the same reason. but Never I also, been to Zanies. I also like that it's a hallway. I got booed so hard there one time, I felt my hair move, and that's no shit. Are you serious? Yeah, I, was, I went down there. <clears throat> my son was real little. And it was a seven-hour drive from where I lived. And I drove down there for Star Search. Uh, it was when J.P. Buck, who now books Conan, he was booking Star Search. A uh, little side story. J.P. Buck, uh, I ran into him in Montreal. And I, was, I, was, I don't know what I was buying at a, at a CVS. And I saw him. And he had uh, waters and magnum condoms. <laughs> And well. his he goes, hey, Bert. And I went, hey, how you doing? I went, whoa. And he was like, oh, sorry. And I was like, he Good couldn't have planned. If he, if, he if he did plan that, then that's fucking genius. If he saw me, he was like, I'm going to say hi to Bert. Grab Magnum condoms to him. And then he was like, hey, Bert. But he did not plan it. And I was like, whoa. Was that like, is sweet. Note to self, always put those in my basket. That is one. Uh, he, uh, I was working with a comic one time, and there was a really, really attractive uh, staff member. Yeah. And so he had to pay her for some food or something. He opened up his wallet and just clumsily dropped a Magnum condom on the ground. And he goes, oh, sorry. No, you're kidding. <laughs> no, I promise you. J.P. Buck? No, 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 not oh. J.P. Buck. No, no, no. No, not J.P. Buck. Attention, not J.P. Oh, Buck. That's fucking genius. Yeah. Oh, that would be great if it was J.P. Buck. <laughs> no, yeah. That was his thing. Just dropping Magnum condoms everywhere. Like Hansel and Gretel back oh. to the hotel. Oh, my God, I think I'm a fucking heart attack. <laughs> oh, I can take my blood pressure medicine before we go to this show. Uh, yeah, man. So, so it was those getting booted so, then. Yeah, maybe. so it's Star Search. And uh, I drive down there for a seven-minute set. And my son, for some reason, he doesn't have daycare. I can't remember, but I have to drive all the way back through the night to be there. So I'm driving 14 hours to do seven minutes of material. Drive down there. And I used to have a joke about, or a story, about a nurse that took my pulse and she didn't have her index finger, so it looked like her finger was in my wrist. And I was like, you're not getting the real reading because I'm freaking out right now. So it's like, you're ca- whatever. So this lady starts booing me, and I go, uh, I go, hey, is there any way we could not do this tonight? Is there any way we could just handle this back at the bar? I'll get you a drink. You can tell me why you didn't like it. And she goes, no, fuck you. And I go, well, listen, I explained. I drove seven hours. I have seven minutes. Just let me do my set, and you can yell at me the rest of the night. Nope. No, you ruined my night. I'm going to ruin your night. And I go, what in the fuck could be that bad? And she holds up both her hands and she just has a thumb and a pinky on each hand. Uh, and so uh, I go. Wait, like the Shaka sign? Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> hang loose, bro. Hey, man. You're like, oh, look, you're cool. <laughs> so I go, hey, listen, if I, were, if I knew you were going to be all crabby about this, I never would have said anything. And she goes, I'm not mad. And I go, no, 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 not crabby. And then I held my hands up like that. And I go, crabby. And I use them like pincers. And so the whole crowd is like, fuck you. Boo. Fuck you. I mean, I am honestly, hair was moving on my head. Because it's a little hallway. You have to imagine that probably three of my, arm, my wingspans gets across the room. And then it's just really? a deep hallway. So it's like, it's like a wind tunnel, right? Oh, fuck. So I think I'm dead. 
I think here we go, whatever. But through all this chaos, I can see in the back, I can see silhouettes of comedians like high-fiving and hugging and shit. Oh. And so I was like, all right, I just need to get back to them. So finally go back there. People are screaming at me, won't look at me when I'm walking through the hall or walking through the crowd. And uh, JP goes, hey, listen, uh, obviously I can't put you on Star Search because <laughs> if a judge says something to you, I don't want you to react like that on television. And he goes, but I'll keep you in mind. And I was like, okay, Hollywood, yeah. whatever. Just thinking it was like a Hollywood thing that everyone says. And then uh, when he booked The Tonight Show, he called me and gave it to me. Really? Yep. Because he goes, you remember that time Star Search in Chicago? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I want to put you on The Tonight Show. And I was like, well, goddamn. <laughs> and then the fucking person on the panel had no fingers. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you do your crab bit, right? <laughs> I thought a bit. <laughs> if you could just plant someone, that would be great. Watch me Shut lose my mind. the fuck up. It's so crazy. I, uh, when, like, whenever I have, I've only had, like, one deformity fuck up. Like, I had a guy in the, in, oddly enough, Segura was there. You know who was there? Segura and Adam Richmond. You know who Adam Richmond is? I do, I think. He's a comic. Got not, not the guy from Man vs. Food. Yeah, he got in trouble? Yeah. Yep. You think of the right guy. And I, <clears throat> he, uh, I'm not to pile on Adam Richmond, but this isn't a Adam Richmond friendly story. <laughs> so, uh, but so I go up, Segura fucking finds that he's featuring, obviously. <laughs> and, and so he finds, I think he finds a deaf, a blind guy in the audience and he starts talking to him and it's taught. And I was like, and in, in my head, I go, this guy doesn't seem blind. Like he just doesn't seem blind. So I go on stage and the guy, but he's like, he's overacting. Like, he's really like standing, looking off to the side like this. Okay. I said, so, I, I mean, it must have been the very beginning of my set. And I go, so I have a few questions. I'm trying to fucking find out if he's really blind. Because he just, something reeked about it. And so I go, how hard is it to clear a room before you jerk off? And he goes, <laughs> what? I said, like, when you jerk off, like, how hard is it to clear a room? And he goes, I don't know, man. I go, no, I mean, like, when you jerk off, like, do you have roommates? He's like, yeah, I got roommates. And I was like, well, like, when you jerk off, like, how do you make sure no one's in there? Do you just swing a broom or, like, what? And he goes, I don't know, man. And I go, wait, you've never jerked off? He goes, no, I don't know, man. And I go, I smell bullshit. I go, how, how, do, you, how do you know when you're done wiping your ass? And he goes, excuse me? I said, when you wipe your ass, like, oh, I wipe my ass. I look at it, and I go, I need to wipe again. I go, what do you do, like, put it on the wall and see if it falls? <laughs> and he goes, I don't know, man. I don't know. I go, I smell fucking bullshit. You're not blind. And he goes, fuck you. And I go, no. And his friends are laughing hysterically. I mean, they're pissing themselves laughing. And I go, and I can see Segura standing in the fucking hallway in the back with fucking Adam Richmond. And they're fucking laughing hysterically. I go, I call bullshit. You're not fucking blind. I go, if you've never, you're telling me you've never jerked off and never wiped your ass? He goes, I don't fucking know, man. I'm fucking out of here. And he gets up and he goes to leave and he is clearly fucking blind. <laughs> like, <laughs> he is knocking over tables. One of his friends gets up, grabs him, walks him out. Fucking Adam Richmond, what a cunt. He goes up to the guy and he goes, hey, would you like to file a complaint? I go, what the fuck are you doing, Adam? Like, why would you? Segura goes, why are you doing that to him? And he goes, I don't know, he's upset. Maybe he won't file a complaint. Get bird fired. And Segura's like, no, don't do that. So then I'm like, I look at his friends. I go, he, he's really blind, huh? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's blind. And I go, How? but he never said he jerked off. And his friend goes, oh, he got blind last week. 
go, are you fucking kidding me? And they're like, yeah, yeah, he got a motorcycle accident and he lost his vision and we brought him out here to cheer him up. And I went, are you shitting me? And now here I'm bringing it up to him. He's never going to be able to jack off safely again. Wiping his ass is going to be complex. Oh, my God. You're from stage going, sir, if you'd like to file a complaint. Oh, my God. I was like, oh. I thought he wasn't going to have hands. I thought he was going to stand up and not have hands and be oh. like, this is why, you piece of shit. I got it all. I got no hands. Isn't I, it funny that Adam Richmond was asking if someone wanted to file a complaint? Yeah. I, I remember – and. You know, the troll Segura is, he, he, I get off stage and he's so excited. He goes, oh, that was fucking great. And I was like, oh, I was really bad. And he's like, no, the best part is Adam's trying to get him to fill out a complaint. <laughs> but he can't because he's blind. And he doesn't even know how to be blind and yet. He's, yeah, he's just brand new at blindness. <laughs> it's just, all this is fucking brand new. Sir, we have this in Braille. Fuck off. <laughs> you know what's so funny? is I, My daughter's dyslexic and I, and... She's had a really hard time reading, my youngest. So I said, uh, so we go to like this sit-down, me and my wife, and then the aides that kind of help her learn how to read. And I said to them, I said, I go, can we just teach her Braille? And they're like, <laughs> excuse me? I go, like, like I'm being serious right now because I'm like, she's in fourth grade. She's at like, I think at the time, at the beginning of fourth grade, she was like a, like a second grade reading level. And I was like, like, can we just teach her Braille? And then that, like, because that doesn't, dyslexia doesn't count. And there's got to be blind people. And they're like, no, we're not going to just teach her Braille. I go, well, okay, what would you do if her eyes didn't work at all? I go, what, do you have a blind kid? Like, what do you do for a blind kid? And they're like, well, we get them audiobooks. I said, well, give her the fucking audiobooks. And they were like, I guess we could do that. And I was like, I'm the one that fucking thought of this? How long have you been helping this kid? And I was like, there's no reason for her not to learn because she can't read. Like, teach her how to read, Yes. But in the in the interim, give her fucking audiobooks. And they're yeah, like no kidding. They're like, yeah, we could do that. Or have the audiobooks play while she follows along in the book. I mean, it's there's so many ways to do. It's like I, I was literally sitting there and my wife's like, Oh, good call. I was like, Where the fuck have you guys been? You guys had your head up your ass the entire time. But I think that's the way. I don't know. Whatever. Um Where are the great clubs? Uh I liked uh for, well a lot of these are staff related. But I, okay. but, but I also really enjoyed and, and scene-related, comedy scene-related. So Austin, Texas, I used to do Cap City quite a bit, and then I just made the jump over to Velveeta Room, and I had a blast Really, at Velveeta Room. It's got, first of all, it has, a, it has tons of history, but I was always a little gun-shy to go there because it had this crazy 6th Street, you know, people just walking in and screaming and heckling the whole time. Really? But now it's... Uh, it's online tickets. It's, yeah, it's it's pretty I, terrific. I, I I did, I did, I was spo- I did Cap City. Okay, and I they I guess they didn't have me in to do radio um, to promote the shows. So the weekend was kind of soft. It was just fans of my podcast, sure. which it was <clears throat> it was fine. But it was it. I mean, it just wasn't like it wasn't packed. Because if you I guess if you do Budley, Dudley and Tom, it really sells tickets. And so I said to the wait, I said to the manager, I go, how come I'm not doing Dudley and Tom? Because all my friends, Bob and Dudley, Bob and Dudley, Dudley and Bob. Yeah. I'm thinking of Dan and Tom as a podcast in Tampa okay. or in Orlando. Um, and she goes, oh, the, uh, the guy, Matt, hates you. Matt, I think Matt's there. Really? And I go, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, he fucking hates you. And I went, really? She goes, yeah. And then left at that. And I was like, what the fuck? And I guess it got out, 
to it got back to Matt. I mean, mm-hmm. Matt's his name, right? Yeah, Matt. Yeah. I, it got back to Matt. And Matt's like, one day online, he just comes out. And he's like, first of all, I don't fucking hate Bert Kreischer. I don't even know Bert Kreischer. And he's like, I have no idea how this got started. And that's how it got started. Is that woman said that? And I guess she told oh some comics. Some comics were in there, and they were like, how come you're not doing the show? And then she was like, oh, Matt hates him. And I was like, what the fuck? And so that's weird. He, Matt's not a hateful. I know Matt. Yeah, he's, he's not, not a he's hateful, not a hateful guy at all. all. He's, he's great. Yeah. And I was like, but and so I because of that one of her assuming Matt hated me, I just never did the room again. Like they never brought mm. me back. And I was like, they're like, we only like to have comics that can do their show. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I never did Cap City again. That's weird. It's man. weird how that one like one thing like that will just will just change everything. Yeah. Because it's are, a there, great club. And there are so many venues in Austin, though. If you just put feelers out to the local comics. Well, my podcast is massive in Texas. Like, yeah. I get emails all the time when you come to Texas. But, like, I got a complaint in Dallas one time. Uh, Houston's an urban club. I had an offer to do there, but I, I, I'm going on this cruise instead. And Cap City was, I had that weird interaction. But I'm, I'd do the Velveeta Room. I think I could probably <clears throat> sell without press. I mean, I, I, maybe I could do their show. Well, Velveeta Room's pretty small. How big? Yeah, maybe maybe one twenty. Okay. Yeah, it's it's so it's what do you, small. do you do like do you do like two Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday? I just two do Sunday? two Friday, two Saturday. That's it. Oh, that's fucking yeah. great. Go in and it's and it's thousand dollar tickets. It's com- yeah, <laughs> it's comedy fans. Really? And it's uh yeah, it's wonderful. Now when you do a room that small, do you change I've never seen you do an hour. I'd love to see you do an hour. You want to trade tonight? You can do my second show, nope. I'll do I'll fucking do you do you change the way you do stand up? Do you in, intimate make it more intimate or because like I find myself pandering to whatever the room dictates. Sure. Like like Columbus just there are 500 seats here now. Yeah. And so you need to look up. You need to be conscious of the back of the room you need to be like everything. And it's it's more of a show. You're kind of going through your set. At least I am. I don't I don't pick on anyone unless they come at me first. Yeah. That's just a rule. So uh but in the Velveeta room, it's so intimate. I mean, you can go in and you can basically sit down in the crowd, and it's just like a little get together. It's it's really really. Fun. Yeah. I gotta do that. I want to do that really. I bad. enjoyed it a ton. Hey, everyone, reach out and tell the Velveeta room to book me. Mario DiGiorgio is the guy that books it, and he is uh, he has done such a fantastic job with that room. Really? Yeah. That sounds fucking Sixth Street's fucking badass. Yeah, I mean it's it's a little crazier than it used to be as far as uh, like just dirty. I think. Yeah. When I went down there, I was like, I should have brought my daughter during the day. And then at night, I was like, oh, fuck. I'm so glad she's home and her bed's safe. I wish I was there. <laughs> In the morning, you're like, I should have brought my daughter at night. You're like, I should have brought my gun. <laughs> Just ridiculous. What uh, What other rooms? Um, let's see. You know, I haven't been there in a while, but I like the old Baltimore, uh, Baltimore Comedy Factory. It's gone. Yep. But I mean... Oh, yeah. The one that was before they moved it to the power plant live or whatever. Yeah. So they moved it. There used to be. Um, uh, I still do that. The improv. I, at, I did the improv. At power plant live. Yeah. And then there was another one uh, called the Baltimore Comedy Factory. And it was you could pay. It was like 15 bucks a ticket. And then you would two drink minimum or $30 a ticket. All you could drink. It got crazy. And my favorite thing was on Saturday, there were three How shows. How long have you been doing comedy? Uh, 17, maybe. I'm 17, too. Yep. So there's three shows on Saturday. The first one, 95% white people. 
The second one, split down the middle. The Midnight Show, 95% black people. Yeah. And it was such a gauntlet for three different shows. You almost did three different sets. It was really, really, really fun. Yeah. I remember one time, oh, I thought I was going to get fucking thumped because <laughs> this guy had huge dreads and these big, goofy like goggles almost, goggle sunglasses. Yeah. And he said something to me, and I just went back and forth with him because I was like, there's no way I'm letting anybody smell blood in this water. Yeah. And so I went back and forth with him and just kept at, kept calling him Predator and shit like that. And so finally he stands up, and I, I, I said, so he goes, uh, he said to me, he goes, motherfucker, that ain't even Christian. And I was like, okay, hold on. And I stopped the whole show, ripped on him. People were cheering, pointing at him. He stood up, and I go, oh, here we go. I'm going to get choked to death by a dreadlock. <laughs> And he walked up and high-fived me, and everybody was like, oh, shit. And that was like the rowdiest black crowd I'd ever performed for. And it was so much fun. What is it about, what is it about those near-death experiences with black audiences that make us love it so much more than had it been a white person? Well, because here's my theory. I think that regardless, I mean, I think you could take the most racist white guy and have a have like a cool black guy high five him, and he'd still kind of go <laughs> like <Yeah>. that. <laughs> he'd still just like it a little. Yeah. And so I think that is it. I think if you get validation from another group of people, you feel like, oh, I fucking belong to more than one situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I think it is. Yeah. I I used to I used to roll the fucking dice with those. Like when I was young, I fucking loved. I loved the unknown of it. You know. Sure. I loved the like, the like. I remember there was a guy in Chicago. His name is Romeo Gold. Uh, I think that's his. <laughs> I really think that's his. Name. He's a photographer. He's friends with Steve Byrne now, but okay. we met him doing the Jameson tour, and he, I he was wearing a gold and purple uh, dashiki with gold and purple linen pants. But the gold was um, was shiny, like it was shiny gold. Like, so can I see something? Yeah. If you're wearing that and your name is Romeo Gold, how do you have time to take pictures when you're getting all the pussy? <laughs> he uh, he was an interesting fucking guy. But we saw, I saw him in the audience, and I said, I said, God damn, you look like a pimp. And everyone laughs. It's, it's in Schaumburg, so it's a pr- primarily oh, white sure. audience. Yep. <clears throat> and I go. What is your? I go. What's your name, sir? And he said, Romeo Gold. I go. Your name's Romeo Gold. And I go, Holy shit! I go. When you were a kid, did your dad have to sit you down and say, Listen, you got the greatest name? And everyone laughs. And I go, What am I talking about? You're black. You don't know your dad. And the fucking place <laughs> boos me like crazy. I go, I go. Hold on. Hold on. I go. Hold on. This is a joke based on statistics. I said seven out of ten black families have a single mother household. I go. Let's just find out if I'm incorrect or correct. I go. Romeo Gold, sir, did you know your father? And it's silent. He goes, negative, never met the man. <laughs> <laughs> and it fucking, it literally is like, oh, I was like, thank God. And then I came up to him after me, hung out with us. And he's like, I'm a photographer. And then he's, we took a bunch of pictures. You can find those pictures. There's pictures of me and that guy. I think his name is Romeo Gold. I'm almost certain it is. It's, you can find pictures of us on my Facebook. And it's oh, me true. shirtless and him in this fucking Gold LeMay <laughs> outfit. But... Those fucking those ones are the best when you when you took a chance and there's so many times I took a chance and failed. Yeah. Oh sure. Absolutely. 
I remember Cleveland, Cleveland Improv. It's all black. Yep. And uh, guy in the front row, guy in the front row is like, uh, he's eating chicken wings and drinking Cavassier. <laughs> and he's not paying attention to me. It's an all black audience. And I go, uh, and he's just like, and then the waitress comes by. He goes, more chicken wings, more Cavassier. And I go, sir. Why don't you also order a basketball and an illegitimate child? You are a fucking stereotype. And everyone's like, and this guy just totally stopped eating and looked up at me and goes, I guess I'm listening to you now. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Oh. I, uh, this is interesting. Same colors at this club, Columbus Funny Bone. I was middling. Steve Wilson from uh, Buffalo uh-huh. was hosting. And then Guy Tory was closing yeah so it's all black oh yeah and i was this is back when i was wearing like black boots jeans and uh like a pearl jam t-shirt to do my shows yeah and so i go up people are not into it right away right i say i think i open with what up bitches not great and not like what up like pretending i was like what up bitches just and silence there is a uh, guy, full purple suit, purple hat, purple feather, makes a gun with his hand and goes pew, pew in the front row. And I was oh. like, cool. Did my opener? Nothing. Did my second to last joke? Nothing. Did my closer? Nothing. H to the Izzo had just come out that week. Yeah. So I started rapping that. And then they were like, oh, shit, we love you. And I was like, oh, my God, I am so glad that Guy Tory had me listen to that shit. <laughs> Because I didn't know it either. He yeah. introduced me to it, and I was like, "I am so lucky." He told me that. Oh, that's fucking great! I mean, I would have it. It would have been chaos and mis- pure misery. Those are those. Like, I don't want those sets. But I look back, like I worked with Steve Steve Trevino, Steve Trevino in Miami. Me, Ricky Cruz, DJ Cooch, and Steve Trevino, and I, me and Steve are co-headlining. But Steve's going first. I'm going last. I'm the only fucking white guy. Did you ever do the Miami Improv? I did. I guess. <laughs> I love trading stories. This is the best. <laughs> and so I was doing so poorly. That, I mean, so poorly. There's a guy in the front row, and he's doing this. Like, with a, like he's got a baseball bat, like, and he's slapping oh. it in his hand. But he's just, he's just doing this. I go, what are you doing? He goes, I'm going to beat you with that baseball bat when you're done. And I go, oh, you must be Dominican. Done nothing. No laughs. So I go, I'm doing so poorly that I go, fuck this. I go, clearly you guys don't understand me. I said, I feel like there's a language barrier. I said, so I'd like the thuggest black guy in here to come on stage with me and the most Cuban, like flip-flopping, sock-wearing motherfucker. I want you up on stage. And so I got the two biggest stereotypes ever. And I said, I sat, I sat chairs up there and I sat on a chair. I said, I'm going to tell my jokes. Can you please tra- translate these to your people? And so I, <laughs> and so I go, um, I, I was walking down the street. And so I give it to the black guy. He goes, man, I'm just, I'm just minding my own business. Strolling down the fucking boulevard. And then I give it to the Spanish guy. And he says it in Spanish. Everyone fucking laughs. And I said, I saw a beautiful woman, so I said hello. And he's like, I saw this bitch. I was like, yo, yo, can I play and get some conversation? Place is fucking murdering. That's great. It was so, it was like, and it was like, but it, those moments, it's like, 
Those are the greatest. What was your Miami story? And by the way, I, we could just do Miami stories. That's how fucking chaotic <laughs> that club was. My my stories aren't anything like yours because yours always end in success. Oh no! So I'm, yours, I'm no, 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 no. I'm no, no, no. I'm I'm saying like how I handle things are so poorly. <laughs> I was opening for Jeff Dunham first time at the Miami Improv. Everyone hates me so badly that at the end I'm like, "What the fuck do you want?" And they were like, "Dunham." And I was like, all right. But I still have 15 minutes left. Yeah. So I took my shoe off, took my sock off, made a puppet, and then just started using my sock as a puppet. And people are fucked. Now I'm getting booed. I leave stage early. Jeff Dunham, the manager comes back and he goes, hey, uh, sorry, but, you know, you're obviously off the week. And I go, yeah, I figured. I figured as soon as I did that, I was fired. I go, but, and he goes, well, you know, Jeff actually has writing partner is down in Fort Lauderdale. So if you wanted to go there, we'll just switch the week out. And I go, well, I don't believe that. Yeah. So I go, if you could just have him come back and tell me I'm fired himself, that's kind of how I like to do it. Shake hands, be done with it. And he did. And he came back and he was like, yeah, this isn't going to work out. And I go, I didn't think so. Shook his hand. And that was it. That was it. And then they, they drove, they got a car service for me. To go down to Fort Lauderdale, and that's where the Hard Rock Casino is, with that huge water park. And I was like, i got to get fired from the shitty ones more often. Yeah. that was the Fort Lauderdale is great. It was in. unreal. I love that club, too. Yeah. I got in trouble there. I believe it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking messing with some black chicks. It's, it's on an Indian casino. Yep. It's, uh, I messing with some black chicks and the Puerto Rican chicks on the side, and we're having a great time. And I buy them shots. I go, you know what? Let's do a round of shots. So I buy the... And this fucking chick in the back goes, drunk as fuck, goes, what about me? How come you don't buy no Indian shots? I said, what? She goes, how come you don't buy the Indian shots? I said, are you Indian? She goes, 100% Seminole Indian. How about you get me a shot? And I go, okay. I go, someone get her tuberculosis shot. (laughs) Jesus Christ. She goes, fuck you. And then the black chick stands up and goes, fuck you, bitch. She goes, and black kids, somebody kick her out. And I go, ma'am, do you know nothing about your history book? Just go take her seat. <laughs> I go, take her seat. And then when she gets to know it, someone take that seat. And we'll take her seat until she's out of here. I'm on an, a fucking reservation uh-huh. making fucking Indian jokes. Turns out that chick is related to the fucking Osceola tribe who oh. is the king of whatever. And her bro- I think her brothers or her cousins – are at the end of the show waiting for me only to tell me I'm funny. And it wasn't like I thought I was going to get escorted off the fucking premises. Sure. And they're like, that was that was funny shit, man. The fucking around with the black chicks. That's some of that shit too much, but man, that was funny shit. And I was like, oh, thank God. Like big old fucking <laughs> ponytail motherfuckers. Oh. I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico at a casino. It was like part of this laughs run or something down there. Yeah. And it is awful. And the problem I'm having is... I'd love to do crowd work because I'm getting heckled severely. But I can't tell if these people are Hispanic. These people, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You know what? (laughs) Fuck it. Uh, (laughs) But I was saying in front of me. I can't tell if these people people are are Hispanic or if they're Native American. Uh Right? And so same thing. I go, I go, I can't tell. I, go, I don't know what to do because I can't tell if you're Hispanic or Native American. She goes, I'm Native American. Now, now say something. And I go, well, the only thing I would say is if Walt Disney, you can tell he didn't drive through here because he never would have drawn Pocahontas all skinny and cute and shit. <laughs> Beer bottles. 
I get escorted. Which, by the way, beer bottles. Yeah, thrown at me. I get escorted. I get I get escorted. Does he clearly never came through here? <laughs> I get escorted by sec- by oh. casino security to my room, oh. but they're Native American. And they're just telling me how fucking awful I am the whole time up there. And I go, oh, I'm probably just going to get let in my room and bludgeoned. This is oh. neat. Yeah. Wait, who did – who had the – you know, that, that New Mexico was a fuck – is that Albuquerque? Yeah, it was uh, Rich Revis, I think his name is. Rich Revis. And then – but then he had another – there was another one in – He was a comet too, right? Yep. Yeah. And then there was another laughs in Arizona – not Phoenix, but whatever south of that an hour. Yeah. And then, um, so there was a laughs there owned by a guy named, I, and I believe it is Scotty Goff. I think that's right. And Scotty had the showtime. All the showtimes were at 830, except Saturday, it was at 7. And he didn't tell us that. And he had sweatpants on the whole week, like just walking around the club like he was just a patron. And then on Saturday night, he had a suit on. And we got and the the bartender goes, hey, man, just make sure you're here at seven. So we go at seven and he goes, kind of looks at us surprised. And I go, oh, you look you look nice. Well, you think you had to do a set tonight? We're here on time. Yeah. And I guess what he did is he wouldn't tell the comics that there was a time change or a showtime change. And then he would do their set and he would dock them pay for being late. Shut up. Yeah. But the bartender just got sick of it, I guess, and told us that's the guy that was on Bar Rescue, right? I don't know, to be honest. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm one sure. of them was. This is a long time. This is way back with Robert Duchesne. He and I were. I know that co-headlining. Name. Yeah, San Francisco guy. Yeah, yeah. He fucking. We we ended up there was no air conditioning in the condo, so we went to the store. We our flip flops almost melted to the fucking ground, and we were walking to the oh, store. Fuck. Styrofoam uh, cooler, and then we turned the ca- the cover over, poked holes in it. We got a block of ice, and then put a fan. That would blow the ice, and then the ice would melt down into the cooler. We'd refreeze it and do the whole thing over again. It was awful. Really? We froze sheets during the day, so at night we could put them over so we could fucking fall asleep. It was miserable. In New York City, when I first moved to New York City, me and Ty Rodriguez lived together, and we didn't have an air conditioning. That is what I said to my daughter, Georgia, my oldest, the other day. I said, the hottest summer I've ever spent in my life is my first summer in New York City. And I would go to Walmart and buy three packs of white T-shirts, soak them in water, freeze them, mm-hmm. and in the middle of the night, put them on. Yeah. I'd put them on in the middle of the night and just and have whatever rest I got until that shirt got hot. Absolutely. And, and, I, and it would get hot. It would oh, be like hot water on your body. That's so fucking crazy. And you know what? Here, here's, what I, here's what I want to say. If, if there are any hipster alt comics listening – and you're like, oh, yeah, I waited in line for two hours for an open mic. I've paid my dues. Go fuck yourself. Because, no, you have not. The, uh, the fucking – road dues are so different. It's like – I mean, if I, if I had a nickel for every time I, I had to get drunk with a club owner. And, right. And fucking – I remember I had to get drunk with a club owner one time. And I was going to drive home in, on Sunday and go see my family. And he was like, hey, you want to go out tonight? And he was like, fuck, this is – I mean, this is – if I say no, and by the way, Segura would totally say no. He'd be like, no, I'm going home. Bye. And But me, I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, let's go out. And then he has two drinks, and I have just enough that I can't drive. And I'm like, fuck. But that's our, that's our self-esteem thing. That's yeah. the thing where we're like, well, I have to do this because this is going to get me invited back. I mean, I used to go out 
my plan was to go out with the staff, buy a round of shots, because my thinking was, if they don't have a feature, you know, they have an open week and didn't have a feature when I was starting out, they're going to ask the staff, who do you want to see back? And they never watch the shows. They don't know who's funny, so they're going to bring the guy back that bought the round of shots. That, yeah. was, that was my plan on getting booked early on. And, uh, and I'm glad I did because I've made great relationships with a lot of – I mean, I still – I come back and do a firefighter benefit here every year now in Columbus because of one of the guys that used to bartend at the club. And, um, but it, it is crazy to listen – to, the, to people on Facebook or Twitter, these young comics that are like, oh, I can't believe I didn't get on the show. What are you doing? Yeah. If, you put, if you put half the amount of effort into your act than you put into complaining about not getting booked, you'd be so much better. Just shut the fuck up and try harder. I, my, my MO on the road was during the day, work out, write, work on my set. When I got to the club, perform as sober as I could. Like right. I, I literally, I and I still to this day, like I like last night, I didn't start drinking until the second show. Doug Benson came on in the in the middle of my act, and that's when I was like, "Fuck it, I can get drunk right, right. now." There's yeah. no, but like I stay sober as much as I can, and fucking and party with the staff and hang out with the staff. Yeah. I mean, the Dayton Funny Bone. I've I, I mean, like, there I've been to the their houses. I. They had kids, like right. I mean, I, the other the, I did. Uh, it's one of my vlogs, but like, I went with Megan. We went and we picked up a hundred breakfast sandwiches and brought them to a post party. And these kids are like, "Fuck yeah!" I mean, they all of them were like, because there was so many extra. They're like, "Do you mind if I take some of these home?" I'm like, "I'm not taking them on the plane with me." And they're like, "Fuck!" And the, but those relationships you get with these people, like I had someone say to me the other day, he goes, uh, "I won't say his name, but is." Uh, um, he goes, just so you know, the the way I run this club is the same way you were when we were in when I was at the other club, and I was like, what? And he was like, oh. he was like, I like I when you came through Buffalo, you ha- I had so much fun when you were there, and you were so great that it made work really fun for everyone, mm-hmm. and I kind of set that bar as that's how we're going to do this club. Cool, and I was just like. That's so fucking cool to hear, but but it's not. But you know what's so funny is that's just the way me and you started in this business. Is yeah. like you'd go to these clubs and everyone got it together. Everyone went to the same bar at the after the show, right. and you always bought a round of shots for the staff. You know you couldn't tip everyone fucking uh, twenty bucks each, so you gave everyone a shirt. Like yeah. I still to this day, I get done a weekend, I open my merch bag, go get all the guys in the kitchen, tell everyone they can all grab a shirt if they want one. Yep. And you see like a fucking kitchen guy come out and go, "Hey man, I really appreciate that." I was in St. Louis, I had this fucking ridiculous hat on that I'd seen a black guy wear, and it clearly didn't work for me. <laughs> and the and then of course I go to the kitchen, and one of the black guys at the kitchen is like, "Man, that's a nice hat." I go, "You want it?" And he was like, "What?" I go, "It fucking looks ridiculous on me." I go, "I have a big head, so I have a size eight. So I gave him the hat. He was like, "Like fucking, but." Yeah, I mean, and maybe I'm being too hard on the younger people because it is a it is a different game now. It's but such it's, a different game, I but guess. it's but the complaining and the <sighs> I deserve this and I deserve what have what have you done? That's my only issue. I mean, I understand. I mean, I'm sure that you know maybe they're listening, thinking, "Oh, you had to buy a round of shots to get booked." Maybe I don't know. Maybe I didn't, but yeah. that's that's what I chose to do. I joined a fraternity to make friends. <laughs> I didn't know anybody. <laughs> Okay, and then yeah, I paid dues every year so I could hang out with some guys. <laughs> and if I stopped paying my dues, they looked at me and were like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" But yeah, like I I bought shots and I fucking 
And if the manager said, do you want to go out to breakfast? I said, of course. Right. You know? And when they said, hey, you got this, 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 and this, this on radio, I was like, um, I can't do that. I did all the radio, all the press, even the phoners that you knew were pointless. Yeah. I did them all. And and you and I mean I heard some guy say I have fucking seventy thousand followers on Twitter and they want to fucking pay me this I'm not fucking doing it and I was like how are you correlating your Twitter like have you been to the club if you've never been to the club who do you think you have a fucking following like and, and do you do you think all of your Twitter followers live in the same city dude that that for me that's fucking mind blowing that someone would be like I mean t- I I still have a problem with. Like I won't go to rock clubs because I feel like I, f- I feel a little bit like t- Stroop's got a fuck. Like I got, I got an offer to do some sh- some show and it was probably ten thousand dollars more than I get at the other club. Okay, it was okay. A, a significant amount of money. But I feel like I, I was like, yeah, yeah, of course they want to give that to me now because they never wanted to work with me before, and the club that I do normally. I mean, yeah, maybe they could do better on the money, but they were there when, when they were paying me twelve hundred dollars to headline. Yep. I got paid twelve hundred dollars to headline, and I and probably three hundred bucks in travel, and they took a chance on me, and and I, I feel like I owe it to them, and I've I've known that staff intimately. Like I party every fucking night with them, even Sunday night that I want to fucking fly home, and I right. have to, I go out, yeah, I'll have a couple beers, I'll buy a round of shots, but that's the way that I I, I think that now people look at it and they're like. I'll just fucking do a rock venue. And you're like, yeah, but you don't – we're – I think it's probably a different mentality. Some people get into show business and run it like a business. Yeah. Some people get into show business and, and – I mean, I basically live for the stories. I mean, you're that's totally that's, right. That's, we could wrap it up with uh, – it's probably why my marriage didn't work. <laughs> I mean, I live, I live for the fun stories, and fun stories aren't always sitting on a – a couch with two recliners on the ends watching America's Got Talent. You know what I mean? Which I, I do like watching that with my daughter, by the way. Uh, I do. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, I just I like being out there. And I like, uh, I fucking love the story. And I love going out with the staff. I love getting, I love, I love being able to look at another, you know, like 40-year-old guy that used to work at a club 15 years ago. And go, remember when this happened? I never would have ever known him otherwise. Yeah. It's interesting. So funny. I mean, if I... I, I wonder I, how many people just go, no, it isn't. Yeah. Listening. <laughs> They're like, no, that's not interesting at all. <laughs> There's, I, I, I think that you're right. You're, some people run it like a business. And then I think I run it like an extra girlfriend. Like, I, I have an emotional... Like, I don't want... I couldn't yeah. do the road and just, like come to my room and sit in my room and watch documentaries and then go to the club, do my stand up and leave. Like I remember Ian bag who I love. I love Ian, but Me too. Ian, uh, yeah. was like, I, I think I'm telling this, remembering this story straight just to be fair. Cause I don't remember, but like, I remember Ian being like, I don't fucking get it. I don't fucking get it. I go in, I do the work. I fucking leave. I don't fuck anyone in the staff. I don't get fucking drunk with them. And they, they're all complaining. I go, Ian, that's what they want. They want you to fuck the staff. They want you to fucking drink with them. They want you. And he goes, no, but you're not supposed to. It's a business. Bert, it's a business. You're supposed to go in and do your work and leave. And I was like, yeah, I know. And I go, some people don't like that. Some people in this business got in it because they had fucking daddy issues. 
And Steve Byrne was the same way. Steve Byrne, I remember one time. By the way, these are my, my recollections of the stories are already jaded to whatever. I don't mean anyone listening. Steve may have a complete and totally different re- recollection. Well, this, remember- is, this is probably Ian's. Holy crap, you guys. My name's Ian Bag, and I'll probably just stick fingers in her. <laughs> I'll probably just stick fingers in her. I love when he says I'll hit that. you in a tit with a... This episode was brought to you by The Machine.